0: Hello, welcome to the CityWire Funds Fanatic podcast. My name is Gavin Lumsden and today I'm talking to Carl Harold Janssen, Lead Fund Manager of the International Biotechnology Trust, which is a £275 million investment trust listed on the London Stock Exchange. Hello, Carl. Thanks very much uh, for joining me. Um, I'm interested to know what kind of year you've had because um, everyone's been very busy with uh, COVID-19 and the the, the implications that's had but your um colleague your co-manager on uh, the uh, investment trust Kate Bingham was appointed to chair the UK vaccines task force which is trying to scale up manufacturing once a cure for COVID-19 has been found so has that made you a lot busier than you would have been uh hi
1: Gavin and uh, thank you for having me on uh, on this pod um thank you very much uh, yes it's been a it's been a great year and we're super proud uh, of uh, the fact that Kate is uh, on this task force. Um, of course, I cannot comment on what, what they are doing. I will only comment on, on the vaccines in general and so on. Uh, so, um, um, it's been a very busy year. Uh, we had a flu uh, or an, um, a vaccine um, development that has been very quick from the start of the virus uh, infection in, in China in January. We knew, we knew about it in January. And uh, and now we have, it, as of today, I was just checking a, a website here, 126 vaccines in development, you know, 37 in in human uh, testing and 91 in, in preclinical testing.
0: So hun- over 120 uh, a, a, a investigations into uh, a vaccine and a cure. That's an extraordinary number. A few months from now, maybe next year, we could have a, a vaccine approved uh,
1: in, in one of these uh, in, in developments. Uh, Course, one vaccine approved will be good. You know, it would mean that we have a a, a potential vaccine that can be given to m- many people. I guess we don't need ten, we don't need twenty, we don't need sixty. Uh, but if we have one, you know, it's better than zero, uh, and then we we are we are starting on the right track. So there will be some failures along the line. There will be some uh, successful. Uh, uh, vaccines uh, developed, but um, you know we, we're actually doing this in a in a, in a very uh, unusual way. You know, it's like everyone is doing everything they can to develop a vaccine. So there are various you know, ways to do this. You can do the genetic way, where you uh, vaccinate with mRNA or DNA of the virus. You can do the viral vector way, where you put the COVID virus within another virus, like an adenovirus. Uh, that's the astral way. Or you could do whole virus that you uh, attenuate. And you can give that, so within all of these various buckets, there are many companies doing uh, various uh, you know, variants of this. So, so that maybe, I'm pretty sure that, uh, not pretty sure, I, I'm, my thoughts are that you know one of these will cross the bridge at some point. So, no so the unprecedented thing is, is that we do so much in parallel. Usually when you develop a drug or vaccine, you do it sequentially. You do one thing, you check it, you do it the next thing. And in this way, you you can save cost but you can also reduce the, the risk, of course. And uh, so all of these parallel things that we're doing now will will uh, speed up things, but it will also mean that it costs more to develop. And uh, that, you know, if we are not careful, you know, we could develop something that is not safe. So I, I think yeah, from that point of view, it's a good thing today that the company um, stopped the trial when they saw something that they didn't like. And and and, and that, I think, it, it, uh, gives me a you know, very, very good uh, um, good sense that, that they know what they're doing and that they want to develop something that is safe.
0: Yes, it's, a, it's, been, a, it's been a good um, reminder that, um, you know, this is an extraordinary timetable that uh, companies and governments are trying to, to work to here. Normally, it takes uh, several years to, uh, to develop uh, and test uh, new treatments. Um, it's all been, it's all very good sort of PR for the reputation of the pharmaceutical industry isn't it i'm just wondering you know will companies any of the successful companies make any or much money from um a successful uh vaccine because um it's been quite a lot of talk about what level of pricing there should be for um a successful treatment
1: yeah i mean uh, as you just said you know the companies that succeed so we have all the failures that will not make any money they will only make losses on this and uh, if if we have many successful vaccines they will compete on in the marketplace and maybe they they will not be profitable even if they have sales and we don't know the price yet so uh, uh, and and also there have been some companies saying we're going to sell this at cost
0: now astrazeneca i think has been saying yeah it, it would sell it at cost or for a few dollars a dose while the pandemic was going on
1: so i don't uh, i don't think you know we're going to make you know enormous amount of money from in these companies from from, from this this vaccine. I, I think that some companies will uh, uh, will make money uh, at some point, um, maybe not early in the early stage, maybe later on if you would like to have a stockpiling of vaccines in the governments for the future
0: yeah so from an investment point of view, you you're a stock picker you you' you you're you're running this portfolio of uh, biotech. Um, is it purely biotech stocks by the way, or do you have healthcare companies in the mix as well?
1: Yeah with biotech stocks we we think about you know companies that develop drugs. Uh, or uh, vaccines, Uh, there can also be some med tech companies and so on. But we focus mostly on innovative drugs and uh, innovative companies, companies that have new drugs on the market, um, so that's a big part of the portfolio. But we also have uh, larger companies that that have uh, good sales, good earnings, and uh, uh, multiples on earnings that are not demanding.
0: Yeah, are there any of the, the the vaccine developers? I'm thinking of COVID here, are, are, are of interest to you from an investment point of view.
1: Yeah, I won't comment on what uh, what we invest in, but I can say in general that uh, uh, the, the companies that develop vaccines have had a, a, a good run on the stock market, so their valuations have increased quite a lot. So, if I'm very optimistic and, about the possibility that we will have a vaccine on the market. Uh, I don't see right now, you know from a pure investment point of view that this is a good place to to put your money in because valuations have had a nice kind of a hype you know you've seen that before you know somebody becomes very very popular and and uh, valuations you know skyrocket and maybe that is not the right time to to invest in in such an areas.
0: Yes, I was. Well, I'm going to ask you about what other areas are of interest, then. But I'm um, just f- sticking with the COVID. Um, to what extent has it disrupted this huge international effort that's going on? Uh, to what extent has it disrupted um, work elsewhere uh, within um, drug development and uh, pharmaceuticals?
1: I wouldn't say that the development of vaccines had rough disrupted the uh, development of other other, um, other drugs. Um, what has disrupted, though, is the fact that uh, people have not been able to visit hospitals. I mean, patients haven't have to stay home. Uh, some hospitals being closed, or you, you're not allowed to go out, and so on, and you're quarantined. All of these things have, uh, have you know, in the second quarter in particular, re- reduced um, the sales of some products, and also reduced uh, the, um, uh, the clinical development. You know, certain clinical trials were. Have slowed down the recruitment rate. So, so that has come back, come back, and uh, been. Uh, I think the, the, everything starts to to open up now. Hospitals open up to, to work to treat people that have other diseases than COVID. So, I I think you know we are on on a, on a recovery now. Now that will. But during Q two we had you know a, a good a strong impact on the. For, for most companies. Some companies were not impacted, though, and I'll speak of one of them a little bit later.
0: Okay. And, um, well, yes, in, in general, biotech's had, uh, it's been an awful year for, for stock markets, particularly in the UK, but uh, the biotech sector has had a pretty good time. I was looking at the uh, the NASDAQ biotech, which is the main index in the, in the US, obviously, um, in sterling terms, uh, not in dollars, but in sterling terms, that's up uh, 7.5%. This year, which, as I say, um, looks brilliant compared to the UK stock market, which is down 20 percent. So, um, uh, yeah, you've I've, I've read some commentary from you saying that the, the biotech sector uh, is actually undervalued. Um, but uh, as I say, it's, it's in a positive situation so far this year. So how, how come it's undervalued and, and by how much?
1: Well, if you talk about the, the NASDAQ biotech index uh, as, um, as as a proxy for the biotech sector, then we can look at how, how that index has developed over the last you know, 10 years. It, it had a good run to 2015, but from 2015 till today, uh, it has only you know, appreciated 16% in US dollars over five years. So you could say that it actually consolidated. Uh, the, the, the quick run in the 10 to 15 was... You know, uh, um, good earnings um, expansion and uh, multiple expansion and uh, and also you know maybe a little bit of hype in, in 2015. Uh, uh, since then, uh, the index has traded sideways. While other indexes like S&P 500 in the US is up 100 percent, Nasdaq is up 150 percent in the last five years. While while well, Nasdaq Biotech Index is only up fifteen percent, so so the multiples have you know the index has grown into its multiples we may say so, uh, 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 stocks that were expensive in fifteen they become much much less expensive now and uh, and I think you know that that the fundamentals are very strong you know innovation is very strong for this sector, um, we have uh, you know many new products coming to the market. I just checked today and uh, we have forty approvals in the U.S. this year. That's a very good number. It could be in one of the best years ever. I don't know. We had uh, um, so uh, we have four months to go and um, we have many more drugs in development in the last couple of years than we had before, based based on, you know, enormous, you know, new knowledge in, in science that is translating into new products.
0: What areas are driving innovation in the sector? Where, where, where are the key um, scientific advances?
1: There are uh, basically, you know, one important advantage that that uh, uh, that you really need. You really to, to achieve one thing. You have to understand what's driving the disease. You know, why do we get cancer? Now, when you know that, you can develop a drug. We need to know why do we develop Alzheimer? Then we can develop Alzheimer drugs. So currently, you're in cancer area. We we can we we start to understand. You know, what's driving all these tumors, and then we start we can develop drugs for that. While in other areas we're much much earlier, you know, for Alzheimer in the brain, we still don't know very much. So in that area, we are not. Uh, uh, we, we, it's much more difficult. But all in all, you know, we are there in so many areas. We make uh, many new findings, and we start to understand the, the disease. That's on one side. The other side is that the technologies are developing very fast. So we have a, we have not only like traditional pills that you. You take for uh, as as drug therapies, but you also have new therapies like cell therapy. You have gene therapy, RNA therapy. You have now also gene editing, and on the protein side, you have more complicated proteins, not only antibodies but like specifics and so on. So so there is not only one car model, then now there are, not, there are ten car models that trucks, there are many things, and new things you know that that can be used. Uh, so um, to treat these these diseases, so on multiple sides uh, there there is a, a good development science uh, uh, regarding science and and regarding you know the, the the product development
0: side. Okay, I'm going to ask you. Uh, uh, I'm hoping you're going, to, you're going to talk about a, a couple of the companies uh, in a short while. But just sort of uh, sticking it to the kind of overall sort of market conditions, um, obviously been very volatile. But looking ahead, we've obviously got the The U.S. is the the key market, the key country for for this industry. Um, And we've got the U.S. election um, coming up in uh, just over a month's time. So uh, with the real prospect, of course, that uh, Trump may not win uh, re-election and uh, the Democrats and uh, Joe Biden may uh, may gain power. Um, In the past, people would have viewed uh, in, in, in the pharmaceutical industry, the biotech industry, would have viewed that prospect with some uh, alarm, perhaps. But uh, what, what's your view of the the impact, potential impact of the U.S. election? Because uh, drug pricing and biotech have been a real political football in the U.S. in uh, in recent years.
1: Yes, it, it, last election we had uh, we had more discussion about drug pricing. This election is more about the healthcare system, and you know if we have a Trump win, then it would be more of the same. If there will be a, a Biden-Harris ticket that will win, then uh, um, as you ask, you know what what will happen? I think I think what Biden will do is kind of continue with the uh, with the health, within the healthcare where Obama left. So uh, no, Obama had Obamacare or Affordable Care Act, and I think he, Biden will continue to improve that system. And Trump retracted a bit; he will probably you know, put things back again. And see to that uh, more people have, uh, have better coverage. So so that is kind of reforming within the system rather than changing the whole system. It's not like Medicare for all um, that we, we were worried about um, uh, earlier. Uh, now it's more like reforming within the system. And, and in particular, it is the copay that people have to pay, what people have to pay out of pocket for, for um, when they are insured. They also have to pay their own little part there called copay. And uh, and how how to do that? Uh, this copay has been increasing in the U.S. the last couple of years. It's become quite expensive to to pay for your your drugs, even if you have an insurance. And and I think there that that's where we're going to see some some changes. Uh, those changes uh, our in our view anyway will be um, a neutral to plus a neutral to positive outcome because probably it will be. In, Slightly lower margins, uh, lower margins for the companies, but uh, higher sales. So all in all, you know that will probably be a a kind of a a neutral to slightly positive. uh, um, So so that's kind of how we think about it. It's not going to be a major uh, transformation after the election. It will even if Biden wins, you know it will be you know more of what Obama was doing, and it will uh, increase the market so that more people that currently can't afford it can afford it maybe the margins will be go down a bit but probably you know the, the volume will increase
0: okay um great well that, that's uh, that's encouraging um let's talk about some of the the, the stocks you've got uh, in the in the trust uh, carl um but also just wondering more on a general point about stocks just when i look at some of the holdings that you and other funds have uh some of the biotech stocks seem to attract quite a lot of uh, shorting interests, you know, uh, investors taking bets against the share prices. Is that because um, you know these companies, their success is quite binary and it's based on whether you know their latest drugs um, succeed in a trial or not? It's a kind of yes or no, um, black and white situation.
1: Yes, uh, short uh, shorting stocks is used you know, in many sectors, not only in the biotech sector. And there could be many reasons why you want to to short uh, the stock. Or the market, you know, as an insurance maybe for your portfolio if it's on a on a on a sector basis. Um, of course, you you can short the stock going into binary event, but you know, it's not it's not necessarily make money of it if it's a positive outcome. So, I don't think it's that uh, that clear, you know, that the binary event thing has anything to do with shorting. And um, you you might think that that's the way it works, but uh, I mean, there are many more reasons, you know, why you with short uh, shares there are various uh, funds that could be in market neutral so they have a long side and a short side and and kind of balance things in another way so I wouldn't I wouldn't be that kind of clear-cut
0: about it okay I just was wondering well let's um, um uh, let's talk about what are the companies in the portfolio horizon therapeutics it's actually uh, uh, the biggest position or was at the end of end of July um, that's uh, like a lot of your the, the stocks you own uh, is 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 listed on the Nasdaq in the US. Um, it specialises in uh, rare and dramatic diseases, uh, uh, and it seems to be doing very well of late. Oh, uh, what's um what's been happening there? What 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 do you like about the company?
1: Uh, yeah, Horizon is, is is one of several companies uh, that that we like. It um, it uh, the main reason we we like it currently is that uh, it has launched a new drug that's called Tepessa. It was launched earlier this year and it has a, a very strong uptake in the, in the start. Uh, it It is a drug that is given for uh, protruding eyes, bulging eyes or X that in Latin, that you get as a side effects of um, of a disease where you have a hyper, hypothyroidism. And that is uh, not very nice, it doesn't look very nice and it doesn't feel very nice to have this. And until now we've had um, the therapy has been surgery mostly, and you can just imagine that's not a nice thing to have surgery behind your eyes. So this is a, it's a drug that is, is given, uh, it's not surgery, it's a drug that is is, is given as any other drug. And it it has a good effect on that um, on the protruding eyes. So so it uh, we thought it could be you know good good market. It's a new market since there are no other drugs on the market. So so you really don't know then if it's going to sell well or not. But usually when you have a, something with a with, with a good effect with a little competition because there are no other drugs right now, um, well, we thought that this might be actually a good place to be in and. Uh, um, at the second quarter, they they actually increased you know the sales uh, outlook um, from the company quite a lot. So the stock has done very well. I, I think um, we, it, we thought it might reach a billion dollar sales, but probably it will be more than that. That's actually one of the I was talking earlier about that within the, when the COVID pandemic was at its, its height, you know, in, in the second quarter. Sales were coming down, but this this sales were actually doing very well, this drug, anyway. So, as as an extra kind of um, give us an extra comfort that uh, even when there are headwinds in the market, the drug does very well. That's a good sign.
0: Yeah, people continue to to be ill and unwell, and I suppose the issue is whether they can get to hospital. But uh, yes, I can see um, conditions carry on. It's also kind of a prevalence market in the sense that people. There
1: are currently a lot of patients that has this disease, but it's also an incidence market, meaning there and also a lot of people that get this disease every year. So so it's a good market to be in.
0: Right. Would you characterize that uh, bulging eyes uh, condition? Is that, a, is that a rare disease? Um, because obviously the sales are, are, are going quite well at the moment. So there was a lot of people presumably with that condition. Or is it that it's just quite an expensive treatment because there is no competition?
1: it is a, a a rare disease because it's characterized as less than 200,000 people in the US i think it is uh so um that's a uh, it's a good good pricing for that uh, but there's good demand and um, also it has been developed in a way that you know probably you can use it for various stages also not only one stage of the disease uh, increasing the market size so so we like that
0: Okay. And um, what about Gilead Sciences? That's the, the second uh, biggest position, uh, again at the end of July uh, in uh, in the international biotechnology. Uh, but um, that's had a more um, mixed uh, few years, that's why I can tell. In fact, the, the share price is, uh, has really tumbled. Um, and there's been speculation that uh, Astra, cropping up a lot today, AstraZeneca uh, could make a bid for it because uh, it was presumably looking pretty cheap. but um, what, what what do you like about Gilead? Uh, it's a big company, um, but what's it doing that you think is potentially exciting?
1: Gilead is a company that uh, over many many years has uh, developed drugs for HIV. Um, so they have a kind of a more or less own that market. They have combination therapy for HIV with now up to four different drugs in one in one kind of therapy. And we think that is a, it's a market that's not going to go away. I mean, you can't cure HIV, you have to give these type of drugs um, forever, it seems, until there will be a cure, and maybe there will be some cure at some point in the future, but right now there is not. So, so yeah, it's a chronic therapy for a, for a, for, for a, for a chronic condition. So, so uh, the company generates quite a lot of cash flow from that, and if you look at valuation, and I'm just kind of looking at the current valuation of, of Gilead, you know, the adjusted P multiple is uh, is less than 10 for 2020. I think that is kind of a, a, a good proposition in a portfolio to have uh, not only companies with high growth, but also companies that have a, a good cash flow at a very low valuation. And this type of, you know, big companies that, uh, that have a have a pipeline but maybe not a pipeline that's big enough but very good cash flow could also be acquired in the future. And that's why we have seen this discussion in the marketplace that maybe somebody will be interested in acquiring them like an Astra or someone else. So so we thought that that is at, at right now, you know, um, a good company I think with that uh, from evaluation point of view. That's why we like it
0: okay and um well i've mentioned that a lot of stocks in the portfolio are, are in the u.s but uh you do invest elsewhere and uh in europe i understand you've got there's a company called uh Genmap, danish company um what does it do and uh what, what do you like about it we like
1: uh se- several companies in uh, in europe uh, we like also companies in the in the u.s and uh and in Europe, where we uh, why we like Janma uh, is because it's a company that has uh, several drugs approved and, and good sales. So uh, they've been around for quite a few years uh, developing monoclonal antibodies. So they're they're focused on one particular therapeutic modality, uh, protein therapy, mostly through the monoclonal antibodies and derivatives of, of those. Um, the drugs they have on the market is 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 darzalex uh, or the second one is Aresa, of ofatumumab uh, and the third one is tepesa tepro tumumab uh, very strange names all these drugs have right
0: they are, always have very, they're very formidable names what what are they um, what are they what are they cures for
1: they are um, for various things you know the two first ones are for for tumors mostly and uh, and, and similar kind of uh, of um, of indications where where you want to, to kind of uh, reduce the effect of, of the immune system also, uh, like autoimmune diseases. But the third one is the one I just mentioned with Horizon. So, so Horizon licensed this drug from GenMap. So GenMap, GenMap has actually outlicensed all these three drugs I mentioned, the first one to Johnson & Johnson, the second one to Novartis, and the third one to Horizon, and have good royalties on it. And they also have a very strong pipeline quite a few drugs in development and uh, uh, starting off as a small company, I think they, they're growing uh, steadily and uh, eventually maybe they will even, you know, have their own sales, uh, even if they don't have it right now. So I think that uh, it's always good to invest with, uh, with companies and people that have been successful, that have achievements and this, com- this company's achievement is that they actually got three drugs approved on the market i think that's astonishing um, and um we, probably that inca- i guess increased the probability that it might have more drugs approved in the future but just based on these three drugs you know we look the sales prospects looks very very good
0: okay well listen um th- th- thanks for that uh, d- just go, take, going back having another l- overview of the of the whole sector you know you earlier you mentioned the past 5 years has been a bit of a fallow period for uh, for biotech but the ten-year figures are generally for uh, are much much higher. So, what we got the election uncertainty uh, in the US that uh, we've we've covered, and that doesn't seem too uh, too uh, risky at the moment, too alarming at the moment. But what are the prospects that, that those ten-year figures uh, could return? You know, the, the strong uh, performance that the sector had before 2015 uh, could return
1: it's very simple really the whole sector is driven by top line you know if top line if, if there's good top line uh, there will be an even better earnings and uh, and that will drive the sector and i think currently with many drugs approved this year as this last year um with um, with a lot of more coming in the pipeline with a lot of innovation and new drugs as well as you know, on the other side on the demand side we have an aging population with with more people that are in the age bracket where you where you need healthcare, and you also have a, more people in 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 parts of the world that earlier could not afford healthcare that now can afford healthcare. So I think on the on the demand side there is also a very good outlook for the industry.
0: Okay, and um, just lastly, touching on, uh, I'd like to touch on on, on dividends because um, obviously a lot of investors are very keen on uh, getting an income from their investments, and that's very difficult when uh, interest rates are so low um, in the UK and elsewhere, and when uh, companies have been cutting their dividends because of the uh, impact of COVID nineteen. Um, biotech is not a sector is, is known for its dividends, is it? It's, it's largely about uh, capital growth and rising share prices. But um, you take a different tack at the trust. You pay you, you pay a semiannual dividend out of the uh, out of the capital that you're making. Uh, am I right? That's correct. And so that's a four y- uh, percent yield that you're uh, offering, uh, by and large. Yes. So I mean it's great that you provide that clarity on the, the payouts but I just wonder when um uh, did it does it increase pr- pressure on the portfolio when we've got when you ex- go through really tough markets like we did uh in March uh when uh, share prices were falling sharply um because of the pandemic well as you mentioned uh, uh, there is a semi annual
1: payment so at, at, and you're asking you know how that will affect you know the management of the trust—it's—it uh, doesn't really impact very much uh, on a daily basis. We uh, remember we also have a gearing facility. We can gear up. Currently, we can gear fifteen percent. So, uh, and and most of the, the stocks that I've talked about now and that we invest in are pretty liquid stocks. In mean, uh, that that um, tr- trade. Um, pretty well and of course there are stocks that don't trade very well but, but it, in the to answer your question um it will not affect uh, the dividend doesn't affect the way we invest it doesn't affect affect our investment strategy uh, or in, in any way
0: okay well that's good Dave well Carl um I think that's all the questions I've got for now but uh, thanks very much for your uh, time and um we'll uh, have to wait and see what political and uh, Uh, market developments there are and uh, also hope to see that a cure for COVID-19 comes as soon as possible Um, and then we can get back to the new normal as soon as possible. Carl, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks very much. Thank you, Evan.
1: Thank you very much.